Hello everyone and welcome back Fiction. to That's not the intro, is it? What? <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> Were you not? I was just jumping straight in. I was looking somewhere else, right. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 114 of your favourite Formula One show. Knowing Wheel returns this week out as we look towards what could quite possibly be the worst triple header of all time. I'm joined by Jamie183. How how are we doing, mate? I'm good. I'm uh, unfortunately not that excited based on how the season has begun and what the three tracks coming up are. But I'm sure uh, anything can happen in Formula One, and it normally does. So we can we can hold some hope. Yeah, we we are. We've both got a big canister of hopium this week uh, that we're both <laughs> inhaling between speaking on the show. But I mean. Obviously, we had a break week last week. Uh, I was very, very busy doing the Nürburgring Nordschleife uh, 24 hours. Did, did, did you get up to anything exciting, Jamie, over the weekend? And please tell me you didn't watch Eurovision. <laughs> I did. I did. Oh, Eurovision. I knew you did. Um, I also have my own race to do, but in real life. So I yes, you did. Uh, yeah, that was fun. And I've now made a, a hobby out of telling people that I did the race. So there we go. <laughs> and what was the race? Uh, 10K in Manchester in Heaton Park. And nice. 49 minutes and 13 seconds. Nice. So let Very us know happy. down in the comments below just how much quicker Would you, you beat can me run in a race? 10k. <laughs> yeah. How, how much quicker can you run 10k uh, than Jamie183? But let's get into it then, Jamie. I mean, we've got to get some clickbait in there first of all, haven't we? Mercedes B-Spec car is arriving this weekend at Imola. And it apparently it's, got prop- it's actually got side pods. <laughs> no way. That's unreal. It took him 18 months to realise... F1 cars need side pods. Um, yeah, I I think they're playing it down, which is, for Mercedes fans, probably a good sign, really, because yep. they made a living during their eight years of Constructors World Championships of playing down their own car just to yep. go on and win by 30 seconds. So I'm, I'm not... I don't think they'll jump to the front, but I think they'll take a step ahead of Aston Martin, which I don't think... At the start of the season, we thought we'd be saying. <laughs> no, no, exactly. I mean, I'm not even really convinced that Mercedes are much worse than Aston Martin anyway, to be honest. Um, but, I mean, I've been thinking about this. Potentially, this Mercedes upgrade could really kill any kind of decent hype we've got because we could end up in a situation <laughs> now where the Mercedes is comfortably quicker than Aston Martin and Ferrari. But still not as quick as the Red Bulls. So yeah. it could just be Ver per think... Ham for the rest of the year. Or Ver per George, Russell. Ver per Russ, sorry. There's, I feel like there's not much of a window in that space, really. So Qualifying, that's... no. Race, yes. Yeah, so like you could end up very much where the Mercedes can kind of annoy the Red Bulls. A bit like what we saw Verstappen doing to the Mercedes in 2020. Yeah. So that would make things okay. Because then you got potentially another team at least that could fight for wins on occasion which right now we don't have really <laughs> unless the rebels both retire or both have like issues in a race in terms of crashes or really poor starts even then they probably still win like yeah it's we need another team to be a little bit closer otherwise we're looking at our first whitewash of a season which i don't want to be too negative four minutes into the podcast, that'll never but, happen I, I don't believe it will happen, but the way it's going, how bulletproof that Red Bull looks. But it hasn't looked bulletproof, yeah. though, has it? Well, it's had it the ha- one issue in qualifying, didn't it? 
It's had the issues in qualifying for Max. They've had more gearbox issues occasionally in races as well. And there is still a little part of me that wonders, you know, around, say, for example, a Monaco, whether they could be challenged. But, I mean, potentially, I mean, it could be as simple as Leclerc gets pole at Monaco this year and actually doesn't bottle it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Alonso's basically on top of his game, I would say. So, like, a proper driver's track like Monaco... If I was choosing Alonso at Max in qualifying, I'd probably choose Alonso right now. Okay. So, like, yeah, you never know. <laughs> I think even for me at Monaco, I'd still go Charles out of the two of them. And he's not yeah, even an option. Maybe. Maybe. He might actually... Uh, one, one lap at a time is probably the best way for Charles to do Monaco. I mean, that's so. basically how he, it's the only way Charles can race. One yeah. lap at a time. And often <laughs> that's his outlap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but enough of the bullying Ferrari already. I mean, well, I was actually going to talk about that just a little bit more. What what are we thinking about Charles Leclerc and Ferrari at the moment, Jamie? I, I know we do this about every three weeks or so, mm. but more mistakes in Miami. What's going on? I think he's he's going through the Ferrari five year cycle of doom. So <laughs> you know, arrive fresh faced, really excited, love the team, have a bit of success. And then they just wear you down and down until you end up just feeling the massive pressure from the whole of Italy, from Maranello, from within the team. And because you've basically got to do everything because the team is so dysfunctional, it just isn't a long, like, long-lasting like long relationship. We've seen some of the best drivers of their generations go to Ferrari and not last six years. And Ferrari, uh, Leclerc sorry, is in his fifth season with Ferrari. So... Yeah, it yeah. might be it might be curtains. That clock is well and truly ticking. But again, you know, Mercedes this week have come out saying they still stick with Lewis Hamilton. Where does he go? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I I don't massively think unless it's Mercedes, I don't see him going anywhere. To be honest. He's kind of stuck, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, a little. And if being at you know Ferrari are never going to be far off the front of the grid, so it's not a bad place to be stuck, is it? Mm, yeah, to, to a point. Yeah, to a point. True. I think there's, there's often times where you'd rather you'd rather have a Jensen Button style career where you end up mid table for five years in a row and then get mm. an absolutely dominant car rather than just finishing constantly top four and never winning yeah. a championship. Yeah, I true. think it would be my personal feelings. But yeah, interesting times, of course. But obviously, going back quickly, you know, we're going forward, we're going backwards, we're doing all this, that, and the other. You know, back to Mercedes. Then new side pods. New floor and new suspension, I think, were the three upgrades we've heard about that they're bringing. Do we... So, if I had to ask you right now, Jamie, will Mm. these Mercedes upgrades provide them with either a car that can win, a car that is comfortably second best, or a car that is no better, and then we wonder whether side pods were ever truly the problem? (laughs) Could I? I think they will take a good step forward but I don't think, like I don't think they'll be comfortable in second. But I think they'll be more able to fight on a consistent basis. Like fair enough. I think it was was it um, who's the technical director of Mercedes? James Vowles? No, yes. he left didn't he? I can't remember James who it was. Jay, might have been yeah, James Allison. Um, yes. Yeah. But somebody was saying like they've never had an upgrade on a car, which brings them six tenths of a second. Like it just doesn't happen no. because a car is so complex that one upgrade in itself even if it's a big upgrade like three things at once like this one is it's not going to win you that much time so i think it will it will get them closer 
but I don't think they'll be, you know, the silver bullet that we've once seen at Mercedes. So. No, but I think it would be nice, like you said, of course, if they can just be difficult for Red Bull, you know, if they can be within a pit stop of Red Bull yeah. and not getting absolutely blown away by them as well. I There is a little part of me as well that wonders, of course, whether everything George Russell, because, of course, the big talking point we're comparing this to, isn't it, of course, is after Australia, when we had the spring break, you know, we had all this talk from George Russell about, you know, the car, we've made more progress in these last four weeks than we did throughout the entire winter. And all this, that, and the other, and we're like, right, okay, George. And then the car did nothing. Was there a little part, potentially, Jamie, and this is not not quite conspiracy theory, <laughs> get but... Get your tinfoil hat on for this. Get your tinfoil hat on, exactly. <laughs> where Mercedes did make a lot of progress in those four weeks, realised they still weren't going to quite be with Red Bull, so thought, well, we'll hold back on it, and make sure that when we come back, it's properly so we can fight them. Just so Adrian Newey can then bring in bigger upgrade as well. That he's probably just got sat on a drawing board yeah. at home. On an but I don't sketch. see why. If I don't see why you would like have these upgrades ready and then just put them off to make a point. Like if you're going to make your car better, they'd make it better as soon as possible. But if Unless they knew they, they had something else delayed. coming in, no, is I the think only they would th- just put the first bit on when you have it ready. Well, I think the only thing I can think of, really, for Mercedes is, of course, let's be fair, with the budget cap now and things like that, it doesn't really matter where they finish, does it? Because no, they're always, always going to be getting money. the money they need from Daimler. Like that, It doesn't really matter. If you can try and spring a surprise and potentially, even just hypothetically, put Red Bull on the back foot, like you kind of just feel like, why wouldn't you take that opportunity, I suppose? I mean, I guess it's just that whole thing, isn't it, still? Of we've never seen Mercedes on the back foot and how they're able to bounce back. Still, yeah. you know, it completely is excuses, hasn't it been, for the last 18 months? You know, it's, it's the zero sidepod concept. Yeah. You know, that's what's yeah. costing them. If that doesn't work, then I think we're in for an even more telling time of what Mercedes is really like as an organisation. Yeah, definitely. And are they... Like, did they have this extended spell of dominance because they were the best team, or were they just like well, obviously they're yeah. very very efficient, but everyone was always chasing and they weren't, which makes a yeah. big difference. I'm thinking this almost in the way, of course, of when McLaren went back to Honda. You know, are the zero side pods the potential version of the Honda engine that McLaren mm. were always blaming everything for? And then, they of course, the when they went to Renault. Everyone was like, well, it's clearly your car, not that then, isn't mm. it? You know, is there something else still at play that they need to sort out? That's, that's I think, still what we're wondering at the moment. But you can actually know, I was about to say you can take your tinfoil hats off. You can't just yet <laughs> because we've got even more clickbaity driver transfer news because apparently Ricardo might go to AlphaTauri and I just think it's ridiculous. It's, it's insane, isn't it? I, I do think, I believe that the ultimatum that they've given Nick De Vries there's probably some truth in that because he's not been doing very well at all he and hasn't done are obviously very awfully though has he but like, he's not Sonoda been good was getting beaten by quite a mid-level driver last in the last two years you're calling Gasly so he, mid you know I mean Gasly he's upper mid but he isn't he's not <laughs> upper mid <laughs> I don't even know if that's more insulting <laughs> <laughs> but like you know he's not a top five driver on the grid I think we can all say that oh easily you know what I mean like he Sonoda not even the best either has French taken driver. a massive step up, or De Vries is just really bad, and I think they want to get an actual measuring, like measuring stick 
to see how how good Sonoda is, maybe. Um, yeah. And I think Ricardo would do that. I think Liam Lawson deserves a shot, but he obviously wouldn't be the measuring stick because no one knows he's a bit of an unknown quantity as well. But yeah, it's just how desperate are you getting? If like six months ago, you're like oh, I can't get to Williams, can't get to Haas, can't get to AlphaTauri, I'm just going to go and chill for a year, and then four five races into the season you're so bored you'll go to the ninth fastest team <laughs> like, yeah be better it, than that. it does seem a little bit contrived doesn't it because the only other it was only obviously when you mentioned it then that i thought about it as well could it be potentially of course you know franz toss for sorry not franz toss but helmut marco even obviously recently has gone on and obviously spoke about you know potentially yuki could be a red bull driver in the future you know, is, is it worth, you know, if, if you're still aware that Ricardo's a bit mid at the moment, which he absolutely is, I think, is a harsh reality for a lot of people to accept. Could it be that, you know, if Yuki does a good job against him, if Checo doesn't step back into line, you know, play second fiddle again, could it be that they end up just actually trying to make it out like, you know, because we've always had Red Bull before, haven't we? You know, they, they'll say one thing and take it to the grave, whether yeah. it makes sense or not anymore. And Helmut Marco's just a stubborn old man. But could it be, you know, that he said this now and he's gone, yeah, I suppose we could put Yuki in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's realised uh, that what he said wasn't just conjecture. But <laughs> there we go. I don't know. I Another bit of driver transfer news, actually, to segue off the back of that. I don't. It's not in the notes. I just thought about it because uh, I saw it on Twitter earlier. Audi oh, that's always a great Oh, yes. Have chosen their favourite for their seat in 2026. Sebastian Vettel, which I think is unbelievably poetic, but will never happen. I hope it doesn't, in the nicest way possible. Because I I do like Seb as a human being. Mm. Like, behind the wheel, Jamie is still like, newer fans, I get why you love Seb. But Jamie and I, as people that watched F1 back in the early 10s, (laughs) we've been scarred. We were young children who turned into teenagers, you know, when you're going through, you know, you hate the world and things like that. (laughs) Formula One is your only escape back then. And it's this pesky German kid every week winning in the most boring way possible. You can't fall in love with him again like that until he recited every single F1 world champion. And then there was a little (laughs) bit of my heart that went, you know what, Seb? I think you've won me over. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I don't, like, in the nicest way possible, like, bless him, he was pretty poor after a two race sabbatical like, <laughs> in 2022. How, like, how much would he struggle after four years away? Yeah. But I, to be fair, he is a, he would only be 38, which obviously is old. Oh, but... still old, though, isn't it? Yeah. But like, he's no Fernando Alonso. Alonso's older than that. Is like, Seb right that much younger than Lewis? Apparently, I just googled it. So, 1987. Yeah, I suppose uh, he is because he was 19 when he debuted. Obviously, on Hamilton was 22. Yeah, he yeah, retired only, young, didn't he? he? I forgot he did, about he's this. Only, he's only 35. So, get him back. No, definitely not. Yeah, get him um, back in the Alpha Tauri right now. <laughs> <laughs> but their their second choice, actually, the Audi seat. The second choice I saw was going to be Carlos Sainz, which yeah, weird. You know, that would be. Well, a I bit, can understand it if they're going to be midfield for a bit. I can understand it, but. <laughs> it's not the most ambitious thing in the world, is it? Well, it's because they've used his dad before, isn't it? Yeah, maybe, maybe. I'm still holding out hope that Joe Guan Yu just stays there long enough to get a good car. I think but... he will, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think, I, I, think well. I know we've spoke about this before briefly in the past, um, but I think they he will. Not only is he still doing a decent enough job against Valtteri Bottas so far this year, but it also, and I know we spoke about this a lot last year, cannot be argued, Audi want to sell road cars in China. 
Yeah. It's a pretty damn good way of doing it. I don't yeah, think they struggle for numbers. You know, it's yes. always difficult to tell what's going on in China, but from the bits and pieces you get, there seems to be the impression that Zhou Guanyu is very much loved over there. Yeah, rightly so. What a boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but another bit of news, which isn't the notes that I meant to say. Um, 2026 engine, of course, the Audi, new Aldi is coming in. Not Aldi, Audi. Yep. <laughs> um, and also, there was uh, the race did an article this week about yes. uh, Aston Martin being a potential suitor for the, the Honda return, although they never really left, but, you know, their on-off relationship that they love. They're kind of half out the door. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Aston Martin, obviously, Mercedes are probably going to want want to stop giving them engines if Aston Martin are going to stay being good. So, it would open the door for Honda. And Honda are, right now, obviously, kind of in the sport with Red Bull, but kind of not, because that's kind of Red Bull, but it's kind of Ford, and it's kind of Honda. It's very complicated. And, yeah, Red Bull, of course, will be making their own powertrains from 2026 with Ford backing. With Ford and... EcoBoost technology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that'll mean that Honda no longer supply any engines officially, although, kind of, the Honda child's engine will be Red Bull powertrain. And... Uh, they'll they'll be free to join the sport again if they want. And Aston Martin seem like a very good option if they're going to still be this good in 2026. Although surely Alonso won't be going by then. But um, oh, it wouldn't surprise me. If, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if we're in our mid 30s and Alonso still kicking around. <laughs> I mean, it's always that theory, isn't it, that came out a few months ago. I don't know if you ever saw this. That Alonso apparently, but Alonso apparently wants to stay in Formula One because he can't remember winning his first two world championships because of the memory loss from the. I almost said execution then, execution, but it's electrocution. No. <laughs> yeah, he woke up from the the preseason testing incident, being like, "I'm 23 now." <laughs> yeah, well, no, because he reckoned he was 13, didn't he? That was yeah. the thing, and he wants to be a Formula One driver. So perhaps he doesn't remember winning those world championships and wants to know what it's like to win one again maybe potentially um, but i don't think he'll ever win a world title again uh, it's mad that it's mad that we're talking about a driver that peaked nearly 20 years ago <laughs> he won his first race 20 years ago didn't he he did oh that's so worrying so worrying um but yeah it's it's i mean honda i mean we spoke about this before didn't we because originally i'd said you know go back to mclaren i think both teams have learned a lot aka honda now are much better and mclaren haven't got ron dennis at the helm um, you know, I always said that, but Aston Martin does also make a lot of sense. It does, it does, and uh, it will please Alonso if he is still driving, because I feel like the Honda is a very good engine. So yeah, because the last time Alonso drove Honda power units, that went well, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but about his former team, Alpine. Uh, they're, they're being segue. weird. They're being very, very strange. As oh, usual, it's just really. French, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's just so French. It's just bizarre. Like I, we were saying pre-show, if it was like once a year, they basically just have a tantrum and say they're going to leave, and then they just don't. So, <laughs> yeah, the uh, the head of Alpine, the CEO, Laurent, is it Laurent Rossi? Laurent Rossi, Laurent? Valentino's yeah. brother. Basically, is it? I don't no. know if you're lying. Of course not. Um, <laughs> of course not. He's Italian. <laughs> oh yeah, true. Um, He's basically saying the team's not good enough. We're rubbish. Uh, if there's nothing, like no improvement, we're going to change things. And it's like, okay, put your money where your mouth is and actually do it. <laughs> but you can't put your money where your mouth is because everyone's got a budget cap. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But it's it's worrying signs for uh, Otmar at the uh, the helm of that team if he's going to be like, we're going to make changes because we're not doing very well. 
Um, yeah, Alpine are just a bit weird. They always have been. It's just like they just say things and then well, nothing the, really ever changes. The thing is with Alpine is bizarre because, of course, you know, Mercedes and Ferrari sell road cars. Obviously, Ferrari are the best example, and McLaren, actually, I guess, sell road cars to fund Formula One teams. Alpine make Formula One cars to try and sell road cars. Yeah. Which isn't really working particularly. It's not really a great business. It just business. seems like, like we're going to talk about this in 10 years going, you know, they blew this much money and had, it's going to be the next Toyota, isn't it, Alpine? <laughs> but it just seems to keep on going and going and going. But Renault are never done with a sport, are they? Like, they'll leave for a bit and then be like, oh, no. We're like Honda. Yeah. 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 It's just these weird nationalised manufacturers that well that's the thing of course because Renault is so tied into the French government I know obviously it used to be a lot worse but obviously so tied in still with the French government that like they've got like let's be fair if Renault turned around tomorrow and went we're not racing anymore Ocon and Gasly are screwed like where (laughs) where could they sensibly go I feel like they'd find somewhere where I can't see any other team wanting I can't see any other team picking up Ocon, to be honest. Maybe it's just because we're not a fan of him here either. Well, he's a bit of a tool, isn't he? But Well, that's what like, we've always heard. I feel like Gazzy to Williams, go and chill with Albon for a bit. That'd be nice. Potentially, yeah. It's just the Red Bull, I got beaten yeah. up by Max Verstappen <laughs> club. Yeah, the Max Verstappen <laughs> trauma club. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. just so, so weird. So, so weird. Yeah. Um, you know, following on from that though as well, apparently Alpine have, have basically been crying that they're now upset that Alonso left because he's obviously doing better than they are, uh, which yeah. I also found was hilarious. Uh, because apparently, of course, now, you know, I mean, Alonso, we spent 15 years just making it obvious that he can't make career moves. He's finally made a good one. Um, and now Alpine aren't happy with that. Because, uh, yeah. of course, I mean, he's just a bit of a kick in the balls for them isn't it because Aston Martin have done what Alpine have been trying to do for years yeah literally and that's you know, break into the front group all of the midfield teams have had the excuse for the last eight years of like oh no one's broken into the top three it's fine we're, we can chill and then one team has and all of them are like wait how have they done that yeah <laughs> and it's, it's like Aston Martin are kind of making everyone realize that they should be doing better Exactly. It it's really has shown this. I mean, it'll obviously depend again on how the next couple of years go and all this, that and the other. But it has really shown, of course, that it isn't impossible. It's a bit of a shame the way they've had to do it by just copying yeah. Red Bull's car. But then if you know one car so within reason, why wouldn't you copy it? That's also very true. But it does kind of go against the whole ideology of F1 being innovative and all yeah. that kind of yeah. thing, doesn't it, as well? Uh, which, yeah, which is I a guess. bit of a shame. A bit of a shame. Uh, I think the last thing that we've got to talk about, Jamie, is even more Ferrari upgrades coming this weekend. Um, so, obviously, we had the new floor last weekend, which Charlotte Leclerc loved, throwing that into the barrier uh, twice. But apparently, yeah, Ferrari are going to be bringing more new parts this weekend to the Imola Emilia Romagna Grand Prix. Of course, first of two home races for them. Uh, this season so it's going to be a question of whether they can try and build up some consistency with these parts as well isn't it yeah and hopefully they'll last the weekend um but that's not always a given with those drivers uh but there we go i mean yeah. last year was a pretty much a disaster for them wasn't it at science was out on lap one wasn't he and what yeah. happened to leclerc leclerc bottled it oh yeah he should have got a... no that was two years ago he should have got a podium no, no last year last year as well he bottled it remember he span at the chicane 
came seventh. It was oh, the first yeah. part of the Ferrari downfall. I was there, Jamie. I remember. Yeah. I was with the Ferrari fans. When he absolutely clouded the curb trying to get DRS yeah. off Perez. <laughs> yeah, fantastic camera shot as he goes yeah. over that curb. But yeah, bottled it. Uh, the, the start of last year's Ferrari downfall. Um, Indeed. And just like last year as well, apparently the weather's meant to be absolutely awful all weekend. It's thunderstorming on Monday, but the the Grand Prix is now fine. All wet as well, so that might make oh. things interesting. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, so very, of very intriguing. Imola, the Emilia Romagna, Emilia Romagna del Maiden Italy Grand Prix. You've actually got the full name, have you? I want, uh, I want no, to read out was, the full name quickly. That was most of the full name, but probably not in the right order. Um, now let me let me read it all out properly for you, Jamie. <laughs> Come on. Uh, let me... Where is it? Uh, so it's the Formula 1 Qatar Airways Grand Premio del Made in Italia e della Emilia Romagna 2023. Or San Marino Grand Prix, as it's lovely yes. known. Yes. And speaking of San Marino Grand Prix, that is where Imola first appeared, or the name under which Imola first appeared on the calendar in 1981, which is an awful long time ago. Um, it's been off and on since then. Obviously had the big gap from 2006 until a couple of years ago. Uh, there have been a large number of winners of the San Marino Grand Prix slash Emilia Romagna Grand Prix. You have two minutes to name all of them. And uh, so are... can we preface this first of all by saying that Jamie accidentally told me what the quiz was going to be this I week. Did. Uh, and in the 25 minutes that we've been recording, I had completely forgot. <laughs> so yes. it's not really done me any favours whatsoever. There's actually only 16 answers and a lot of okay. them are like good drivers. So you should be okay. okay. Well, they all wanna... And uh, I'll give you a hint. A lot of random French drivers have won it. Okay. So your time starts I mean, out. there's so many random French winners back in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Your time's going, by the way. Oh, no. Restart the clock. Restart. I had no okay. idea. Restart the okay. clock. Restart We're the going clock. now. Okay, right. So, uh, Max Verstappen. Yes. Uh, Lewis Hamilton. Yes. Michael Schumacher. Mm-hmm. Fernando Alonso. Yep. Jensen... But no, Jensen Button no. never won at Imola. Sorry, uh, you just got pole there. Uh, Rubens Barrichello, did he win one? No. Mika Hakkinen, did he win one? No, he didn't actually. Oh, okay. Uh, David Coulthard, did he win one? Yes. Kimi Raikkonen. No. No. Okay. Um, you got one more, and then it's all nineties before, oh, eighties before that. Oh, so someone else won in the two thousands. Yes. Right. Okay. Uh, I said Alonso, didn't I? Yeah. Yep. Um. One more in the two. I said Rubens Barrichello. Mm-hmm. Who else won one in the two things? Oh, uh, Juan Pablo Montoya, Ralph no. Schumacher. Ralph Schumacher. There you yeah. Go. Okay. Right. It's all eighties and nineties for now. So enjoy. Jacques Villeneuve. No. Damon Hill. Yep. Nigel Mansell. Yep. Uh, Ayrton Senna. Mm-hmm. Alan Prost. Yep. Thierry Bootsen. No. Um. Keke Rosberg? No. I'm trying to think of other French random drivers. There's um, two French random drivers he haven't got yet. Jean Lacy never did. No. Um, I've got 35 seconds. Michele Alboreto? No. He's Italian. I know he's Italian. Um, he was still just a guess. <laughs> um, oh, this is. There's one more world champion, and the rest of them are just random. 80s Nelson PK. Yes. <laughs> okay. Random 80s and 90s drivers. Um. I'm think of other French drivers. And then there's a couple I'm obviously forgetting. I just they just got the problem is all I can think about is just stereotypical French names. So all <laughs> I just want to say is Pierre over and over. Uh your time is got 
two seconds left. Oh, and it's up. unlucky. Yeah. How many so did I get? Actually, I think I did okay. 16. That's pretty good going. That's pretty good going. So you got uh, ninety-seven winner, I think. Heinz Howard Frentzen. Oh, I should have got. I was thinking because when I said Jack Villeneuve, obviously I thought yeah. well, I've already said Schumacher. I should have said Frentzen. Uh, another one you may have. Well, you definitely heard of Ricardo Patrese. Yeah, forgot he really. Because that was that the only race he won in '92. I don't know. It was. I've just had well, a list he, of names. Did he win the '92 Grand Prix? Uh, I can tell you in a second. '92. <laughs> no, he won in '90. Oh, okay. And the other three were quite difficult, but Elio De Angelis. Uh, I Patrick, was actually going to say him, and then Patrick, Patrick Tombe. Oh, Patrick Tombe. And Didier Peroni. Didier Peroni. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, no, I, sorry, I did have Elio De Angelis in my head. Did he win the first one? No, he won 1985. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, but it was a fairly good attempt. Yeah, I'll <laughs> take that. I will take that. Nice. Was that the year he was teammates with Ernst Senna? I think it 85. was. 85 Lotus. Yeah, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, interesting. Well, there we go then, Jamie. Uh, oh, before we forget, we've, we've been very, very unprofessional. Quick last thing then, Jamie. Predictions. What are we Indeed. saying? Imola, Emilia Romagna, well, Del made in Italy. It's raining the whole time. I don't want to be brave. Go but... on, be brave. Because I'm still losing points-wise, aren't I? What's the scores? It's quite close, though. 17-14. I'm not doing too badly. Yeah. No. Uh, I will... Uh, I'll be quite boring, but a little bit interesting. Uh, Max Verstappen on pole Very position. Boring. It's not a sprinter, no, it's not. Um, I will then say Max for the race win. And okay. I will say first double winner of the year. Really, two in a row. Oh yeah, true. He should might be shooting second place. No, I won't do that. I will go Lewis Hamilton okay. in second place, turning it back to twenty twenty one, and. Lando Norris, third year in a row podium. I might go Lance Stroll. He's good in the wet. Let's go for it. Lance Stroll. On the Lance podium. Stroll, you brave, brave boy. <laughs> Watch Fair it. You. Watch it happen. Watch it happen. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to be very, very boring then and try and recover even more points against my boy. Uh, Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen. Oh, dear. Sergio Perez. Oh, dear. Uh, and I, I mean, we're gonna get so much hate the fact neither of us put Alonso on the podium again. Yeah, it constantly is happening. Uh, but just so the uh, Fernando Alonso fans can be tilted out there, I'm gonna say no. Uh, yeah, Russell P3. Nice. Enjoy that, all you Spanish people. Yeah. Hello, Spaniards. You heard it here first. Yeah. Stroll podium. He's actually you should have said P2 so he gets a better result than Fernando's had. Yeah. No. <laughs> Continuing the Aston Martin podium run. Which yes. is one race long. Which, yeah, exactly. It ended. <laughs> uh, but thank you all so much for listening. If you have enjoyed, please do make sure you leave us a follow. Get yourself subscribed. All that good stuff here on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening. Uh, and we will be back then next week to look over the action from the, or lack of action potentially, uh, from <laughs> the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix. And we'll head then to Monaco, the jewel in the Formula One crown. We'll be back very, very soon with more Formula 1 content. I have butchered this week's outro.